It's the Hats Off Gloves Off podcast with Mitchell Phillips and Spencer Callender. Hey, what's up, guys? Back in the saddle again. Oh, it is I. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's how I got. I thought we were gonna sing some uh, country. Um, yeah. Let me see. Sorry, I'm getting my tabs in order. I got uh This is Mitchell Phillips sitting, skyping, also sitting though, um, somewhere else with uh, Jeremy Beam, super producer Jeremy Beam, and my co-host at Robot Spencer. It's Spencer Calendar. I'm sitting and skyping as well. Great minds think alike. <laughs> Um, let me see. All right, so um, I've got four hats off. I'm trying to. I mean, one of them is is Corona related, so um, it's not full escapism, but um, I think the others make up for it. I'm trying to trying to stay positive. I tried to not do any gloves off because it's so easy, and also I don't want to rile myself up and fall into a deep depression. Yeah, and I just start cursing some Chinese guy who ate a bat six months ago again. Uh, allegedly. Um, so well, this Ozzie first one, did it, and I still love him, so it's cool. Yeah, he's the Dark Prince. Do you think he doesn't have a nice immune system from Satan? That's true. <laughs> he got his immune system from Satan. Um, do, do, do. And also, Satan wants you to be a good boy to go to heaven so you could be a spy if you're the Dark Prince. Well, is that how it is? Uh, I don't know. I'm not really into the whole house of cards between heaven and hell, but uh, well, but I'm, I'm got, there's espionage just, going on. Someone schooled me on something pretty cool about heaven. Um, first time living with uh, was born <laughs> and raised was born and raised Mormon, and she was talking. Uh, apparently, Utah has the uh, most breast implants per capita of any state in the country. Hell yes! And she was talking about how it's hypocritical that is. Apparently the church, <laughs> you know, kind of kind of uh, covers their eyes when it comes to breast implants. But they talk about for if you're gay and in the Mormon church, what they say is is you should hold back with acting out on your gay urges until you die, because then you can go to heaven. And then I asked her, I said, "Oh, is there like a gay planet for Mormon people in heaven?" She said, "No. If you die and you're Mormon and you're gay on Earth, you become straight once you die and go to heaven." Oh, that's beautiful. So uh, dying is the cure. Yeah, so just hold out for your entire life. Don't jerk off. Don't sleep with any guys. Don't even then, think uh, about it. Don't even think you, about it. Then when you die, you get to fuck chicks. And I was thinking it would be cool if Joseph Smith translated it wrong and all of heaven was gay. <laughs> more heaven, like they just switched it up. But I thought that was an interesting little something about that religion dude how fucking sick would that planet be to visit the gay mormon planet where they all get to finally just kind of like release like the sweetest dance clubs it's just the west hollywood of planets everyone's driving subarus it would be super red yeah like outdoorsy and utah gay people are probably cool because you know they're not like super wimpy they're out there like hiking and mountain biking and stuff still you know because yeah they all like outdoorsy place they work in the trades. Yeah, I think that'd be a good gay community here in Utah. Oh. All right. Um, so let me go. I got a, I got a hats off here. Hats off to you, sir. All hats off to me today. All right, calm down. Calm down. It's cool that we could Skype in that live studio audience as well. The uh, They're loyal, dude. So this one comes from uh, Arlington. Uh, Washington State. Isn't that, it's, it was confusing to me because it kept saying Arlington and Washington, so I thought it was Arlington, like the one next to Washington, D.C., yeah. But apparently there's an Arlington right outside Seattle in Washington State. So it's just, if someone asks you where you live, it's just the longest place ever, except for that there's a place in Wales. It's like Largishardlopoavintushinhagengagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagag
mom and dad's last name because they got divorced. So it's like you just got to pick one. Come on. Yeah, Hannah. Um, oh, burn. Just talking through the wall with my girlfriend. Tell your parents to figure it out. Um, let's see. Okay, so Arlington, um, a man was on the freeway, right? And then co- cops kind of just uh, find him in traffic because they're getting tons of calls, right? That there's this guy. He's going like 100 miles an hour, switching lanes. He's getting... He's doing that thing where you get off the freeway, but you just stay in the middle lane and get right back on the on-ramp. <laughs> He's just being erratic, dude. Yeah, yeah. So the cops are like, what the fuck? Uh, the quote is uh, from the highway or from, yeah, from the highway patrol uh, said he ripped off I-5 at 128th Street south, going southwest and got right back on the freeway. He's just driving crazy, she said. Getting busted by a lady cop. So um, she starts the pursuit and then he starts, you know, his whole rigmarole getting off and on the freeway, changing lanes and uh, parks on like a path. The way they in the context, it sounds like it was like a hiking trail, like trailhead. But she said there was nobody there. He like pulled over weirdly right there. And then she she um, they eventually got him with a spike strip and he like he drove into the head of the path. And she uh, when they approached the car. He was sitting in the passenger seat and his dog was in the driver's seat. (laughs) (laughs) They said the man was using illicit drugs. They didn't specify, but they they said he was clearly on something. Um, And he said he claimed he was teaching his dog how to drive. It wasn't his fault. (laughs) The dog's a bad driver. He's new. Um, I'm sorry. He's He's just got his permit. I'm 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 doing my best. It's like the cops like you got to go to like a high school parking lot or something. You can't you can just teach your dog to drive on the freeway. Come on, man. Yeah, no wonder he's getting on and off. He didn't know what to do. Uh, I lo- I love that move. I I mean, climb the time it takes to climb over, put your dog over is, <laughs> and you got to be on the most optimistic drugs to think that's going to work. Like he must have been in such a silly place in his head. Like the first hour. <laughs> You know, like the first hour of mushrooms before you get too deep in your yeah. head, it's all light and everything's just kind of goofy and silly. Where he's like, if it, even if he didn't think it would work, maybe he thought like the cops gonna think this is so funny that a dog is driving. You know, like, <laughs> Dude, I even though I'm guilty, the cop will let me go just out of because it's cute. Yeah, I still have a group of friends that every time I see a picture of like a dog wearing clothes or a dog driving a car, I send it to like these three people because it's all just, it's still hilarious. I saw a picture of a dog uh, wearing like a flannel and a hard hat and it said, my specialty is roofing. <laughs> I love the move. My I don't really ever laugh at anything, any joke my mom's ever made in my life. But the only like classic joke I love of hers is. If we're ever driving and there's someone in the path, if there's a dog sitting in the passenger seat, she always goes like, man, that guy's girlfriend is ugly. (laughs) And that's Uh, like the only like classic joke I like that my mom tells and it never gets old. I like the idea of this guy. He's like in a high speed pursuit for and that Washington's one of those states I've learned from uh, uh, live PD. They're not a chase state, I don't think. So it's it's one of those they things where they, ride. yeah, they just keep an eye on you so that you know you hopefully are less erratic and don't like you know just kill innocent people running red lights and shit. Um, <laughs> like the idea of this guy going on a several miles high speed chase, and then they finally spike strip it and he crashes like into like the entrance of a hiking trail off the side of the highway, <laughs> and then they they come up to this to the side window. And he's just sitting in the passenger seat with a dog in the driver's seat. And he's just, uh, what seems to be the problem, officer? I don't think I was speeding. Or... I wasn't speeding. Definitely wasn't me. Or he could have just been like, that move. It's like, yeah, I was too drunk. So my friend drove me home. You know, yes, this is my car. Uh, sure, my friend doesn't have a license. But what else was he going to do? I can't drive. That would be a DUI. When you're, yeah, when your boyfriend goes on high-speed chase, and every time they interview the girlfriend who's riding shotgun, she's like, I kept telling that fool to stop. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I told I, him. What do you want me to do, jump out of a rolling car? Like he, The police came and he goes. I was hitting him. I was trying to get him to stop. But I was like, what do you want me to do, ultimately? I did the switcheroo. It was unsuccessful. When I was, uh, when I was 17, I drove my car through a brick wall. And 
I went through the wall like halfway. So the sides of the wall had pinned, uh, pinned both my, my door shut. They had used the jaws of life to, uh, to get me out of the car. So they cut the roof off my car and I had climbed over into the passenger seat. And when they asked me who was driving, I said, this guy, Eric Zugarazzo. And that was like the kid in sixth grade who everyone just blamed everything on. He would just kind of yeah. like, he was our friend, but everyone just, and this was a kid I hadn't even seen in like four or five years. And the cop was like, <laughs> I have the police report. It's like, no one could have, I was like, he, we crashed, he ran away. And he was like, that's not possible. We had to cut the roof off your car to get to you. No one could have gotten out of this car. And, Damn, dude. Yeah. So you got Let me tell you about my life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wish I had a sunroof. I wish I had a sunroof. Or um, or or a hatchback that opens from the inside. That car, it was that car was cursed. Even though it was my fault and I was drunk and I drove through the wall, I I still blame it on the car because the car was haunted. Because the reason I got the car, I was able to buy it really cheap. It was a uh, fairly new ford escort zx2 sport but my grandpa's friend howdy had blown his brains out in the car that's why i was was able to get it so cheap oh it is a sweet ride it's like uh in new york how they have to disclose if somebody died in the house because it might be haunted it's like yeah sure i'll take a ghost house for like 20 percent off market value (laughs) shit in California, they only have to disclose it if you ask directly. Because I found out after I moved, someone died in my apartment, which is why it was vacant. And I kind of like it in a way. It's like comforting. Like, hey, maybe this guy's he likes me. Yeah. What if? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I tend to think I'm a likable guy, and I didn't hurt you know him personally, so I'm not really worried about a ghost. If anything, we're homies, and we can play tricks on visitors. Yeah, I wish I had more of like the ghost antenna because i personally had no experiences but uh i'd like to talk to this guy like hey because i i know he died but i don't know if he killed him i want to know like did he get sick did he kill himself i don't know the details yeah yeah you always it's like oh somebody died in here you're like well was it like uh stabbed 50 times type of thing or just like slipped in the kitchen and hit their head what's going on yeah did yeah exactly is this a vengeful spirit yeah did he have a heart attack or was it like uh, eight-year-old girl who was brutally raped and murdered. There's, there's definitely did, a difference. Yeah, did a, did a married couple live here for uh, eighty-five years and uh, die together in their sleep on the same night? Yeah, or, holding their hands. Yeah, or was exactly. there a B and E where all the children were murdered? So I'm just gonna be dealing with fucking what was it, La La, La Llorona, the fucking the the, <laughs> the Mexican screaming ghost looking for her kids, La Cuca or whatever. Well, yeah, because at my uh, at my cousin's house. We call it, we call it the death suite because my uh, my aunt Sadie died there at the age of ninety eight, and then um, her son soul. her son my cousin John died of cancer in there. And I remember like uh, I had an ex girlfriend who wouldn't sleep in that room, and I'd be like, "Sorry, <laughs> like this is a perfectly fine bedroom. I'm sleeping in there." But um, that was actually messed. I, it was it was one of those like just completely fucking up without realizing it, but. My cousin John was dying. He was about 40. I got a call that was like, hey, John's going to go get over here as soon as you can. So I just like bolted to Phoenix, Arizona as fast as I could. Didn't make it in time. Was able to like say goodbye to his dead body or whatever. And then his brother was like, yo, I just turned 21. He's like, go get us some beer. We need to drink. You know, you know, it's a sad time. Let's get some. Yeah. And like a fucking idiot without didn't even think about it. I went and bought. I went and bought. uh, They had a sale. Of dead guy ale holy shit dude what Did, the didn't even fuck? realize it it was just on sale what do you I mean you didn't that. realize <laughs> i don't know if i was like i was still in my uncle just was... died pilsner what the fuck I is wrong was... with you <laughs> i was sad and i just grabbed it and i don't Jesus. know my they like my family knows of me as like a jokester you know so they think i'm doing it on purpose and i remember his brother looks at me it's like you're such a fucking asshole and i was like no no it's honestly really that's that's the beer company's fucking fault and i think he was pissed too because i'm getting some like i'm getting some like craft beer he wanted you know he's like a this guy's middle-aged he wanted fucking bud light so then i went back to the store and got it yeah, so it was funny, but I yeah, so I got dead. Uh-huh, your your brother's dead IPA. <laughs> <laughs> your brother died of cancer IPA. Oh Jesus Christ! 
Is that a, well, is that a blonde? Or is that a, is that a, is that more of a summer beard? Fucking <laughs> Christ! All right, I guess it's your turn. Well, oh wait, oh let's... sorry, the dog went to the shelter. Ah, it's the sad part. Yeah, now I don't like this guy anymore. That's a bummer. But uh, hopefully he gets him back. He will, hopefully you... he won't be in jail too long. Yeah, no, with rock star wit like that, because <laughs> we've talked about switching it on the police. Like, hey, the wind blew that cocaine into my purse, or. Some guy just ran up and threw that cocaine into my nose. You know, people who are quick on the go tend to have an easy time in the walk up. Yeah, those are some of my favorites. But uh, hopefully we'll find one of those soon. We'll put on the show. I mean, a new one. We just got that dog one, which is pretty goddamn good. And I bet you he was driving around. Like, I just, if he was on drugs, I can't, like, when the light bulb went off, like, that's a great idea. But uh, I got a hats off. I love him frantically just going, like snapping and just tapping the driver's seat. Come on, come on, hurry the fuck up. Hurry the fuck up. Go on, boy. I need you. Hats off. They didn't say what breed of dog it was. But sorry, back to you. I'm done. Yeah, I got a hats off. It's Hats I mean, off it's to you, sir. Off. It's a gloves off that, he's, that he died yesterday, but one of my faves, John Prine, died on us yesterday. Uh, dude, I've... Because I only discovered him, like, uh, maybe two years ago. I got into that whole, like, era, that, uh, like, 70s and 80s, like, a little bit lesser-known countries. Like, um, yeah, like Towns Van Zandt and Guy Clark and all those guys. Yeah, because John Prime was one of those guys. He's kind of, like, in the way, like, there are a lot of bands like that. Like, kind of like the Flaming Lips or the Decembers, where they don't have a single radio hit. Yet, if you actually go, and no one's ever heard of them, but if you actually go to their concerts, you're like, oh, they're playing a pretty big venue. You know, they're playing, they're playing the yeah. Greek. It's it's kind of like like Brian Regan or something, where he's not on TV. You don't think of him as like a famous, well known comedian, but you go to his shows. He's selling out theaters all over the world. Yeah, this guy doesn't have a hit, but then you like, I don't know, they're still well respected in the community, and they play rock star venues, and they have like the people who are fans of the thing they do are yeah, fans of I, him. I saw John Prine uh, probably like five years ago at the Greek, and the Greek's a good size theater, and I'm super grateful I got to see him. He's he was fucking awesome live, and the one of the reasons I like him so much because he fits into like exactly what I'm into with songwriting, where he has so many legitimately hilarious songs, uh-huh. and then he just has heart wrenching, horribly sad songs. Like he has that song, uh, I don't know, just goofy songs like. Uh, Let's Talk Dirty in Hawaiian is a great song. Mm-hmm. He, has a, he has a song called Illegal Smile about how he's in a bad mood and then he does some drugs and he's going around town with an illegal smile. And I feel like just thinking of that, those two words, illegal smile, is super clever and funny. Yeah. And I'd like I, that song, um, In Spite of Ourselves or whatever, was it called? Oh, that song is so good. Yeah, it's called with, In Spite with of the Ourselves. Duo, when they, he does his whole thing, you're like, it's kind of funny. And it, you, you like how it's not like overproduced. You know what I mean? He's just yeah. like, yeah, I wrote this last night. Let's just get it down. I don't really care what it sounds. You know what I mean? Not like he doesn't care what it sounds like, but it's just like it's not overly produced. And it's and then the girl comes in and they, you can talk. It's like honestly one of the most beautiful love songs ever because it's kind of just like this very casual and very real. Like they actually do love each other and like prison movies make her horny. They're like yeah, they're kind of dude. trashing each other the whole time and then they're like. They're like, but I'll fucking, I'll die with you. Oh, and that's, that song is, yeah, it's a legitimate love song, and it's super funny. Like, um, she don't like her eggs all runny. She thinks crossing her legs is funny. She looks down at her nose at money. She gets it on like the Easter bunny. She's my baby. I'm her honey. (laughs) I'll never let her go. He ain't got laid in a month of Sundays. Caught him once, and he was sniffing my undies. (laughs) He ain't too sharp. He ain't too sharp, but he gets things done, drinks his beer like oxygen. He's my baby. Yeah, that song is so good. And that lady's voice is, uh, I like that lady's voice a lot. I don't know who that is. I should look her What's up. What's her name? But, uh, Iris Dement? Yeah, yeah. And he's one of those guys, too, where it's like, maybe the mainstream audience doesn't know him, but every single musician is a fan of him. You know? Yeah, yeah. And no, like, yeah. He um, like, R.I.P. He has a really good song called Your Flag Decal Won't Get You Into Heaven. <laughs> That's funny. 
That's a hilarious uh, song. And then, uh, dude, Angel from Montgomery. That's probably one of his big biggest hits. That song is amazing. And he has that song, Sam Stone, which is the best like Vietnam song I've ever heard in my life about uh, a guy coming back from Vietnam, becoming a heroin addict and losing his entire family and dying. There's a hole in daddy's arm where all the money goes. It's such a great line. Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> it's so dark. It's that song. That's what I mean. Like he has such funny, goofy songs, kind of like, I don't know, like this. He's not similar to Randy Newman, but Randy Newman has, you know, those silly, goofy songs. But yeah. like that song, there's a hole in daddy's arm where all the money goes is. Totally there's a hole in love- daddy's arm. I'm trying to. <laughs> where all the money goes. Johnny Cash well, covers that money song goes. and it's a pretty good cover. I did that. I'm, keep, uh, I'm trying to do... <laughs> I keep just doing Bob Dylan. He's a yeah. who where the money goes. He, his voice is kind of raspy and goofy, but uh, another line in that Sam Stone song uh, that's so good is uh, sweet songs never last so long on broken radios. Mm-hmm. So, I yeah, because I'm just bummed. Like, people will be like, oh, country sucks, or, like, folk music is this and that. But I'll hear lines that are, like, better than anything Drake's ever written. Which is, like, you, oh, rap yeah. gets that all the time, where rap you can actually put a punchline in. Where it's like, <clears throat> and I knew that she was fine, like a ticket on the dash. And you're like, oh, that's kind of clever. But then and you, like, listen to some of the shit, you know, <laughs> the illegal smile. And you're like, oh, these guys came up with that shit. Like, simile and... um like prose in songwriting and it's it like just makes you smile when you discover it especially when you listen to like the fifth time and you're like oh i didn't realize how good this was yeah and he's yeah and his songs aren't just like yeah his funny songs aren't novelty songs you know they're still like well written like like you were talking about that other song in spite of ourselves where it's goofy and silly but it's like a great great true love song yeah, cool. the first time I heard yeah. it, I was like, oh, this is kind of interesting. And I just listened to the whole thing. I was like, that was kind of good. And then by the third time, I was like, this song's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, and it's, yeah. That, um, what I like too is like the chorus of Sam Stone is there's a hole in daddy's arm where all the money goes. Jesus Christ died for nothing, I suppose. And, and uh, Johnny Cash is super religious. So when he covered it, he changed it to, like, I guess Rick Rubin, when he wanted him to cover a song, if there's any sort of like, anti-Jesus shit, Rick Rubin would just change it so Johnny Cash didn't even know what it originally, the lyrics were, you know? Uh-huh. So he changed it to, like, Daddy must have suffered a lot back then, I suppose. And he did that same thing of, um, when Johnny Cash had the hit Hurt, instead of, like, I wear this crown of shit, he knew he wouldn't sing it, because so he just changed it to Crown of Thorns. Anyway, there's some trivia for Johnny Cash. Bye, John Prine, I'll miss you. Also, John Prine had, like, been battling cancer for like 20 years got like part of his jaw removed yeah his face was all fucked up his face was all jacked up his voice got a lot more baritone and but he had that like uh what's his name the roger ebert thing yeah exactly that's what i was thinking of yeah like the bottom of his jaws just missing and his uh i saw a picture of his wife she's a total babe um but a kind of like age appropriate babe too where she just actually aged well but uh yeah it was corona though too that got him even though he was battling with all this other shit corona took his ass down so um like i was sad when kobe died but uh this one hurts a lot more for me i i take a musician over an athlete any day yeah he didn't here i want to look it up too he didn't fall off either which is it was crazy like his his most album is really good the tree of forgiveness it's like this guy's missing half his jaw, and he's 85, and he's still just like, hey, just just so you guys know, I'm about to put out a bunch of bangers. Yeah, he, he really kept it going well. And, yeah, he's just had a long career. Like you said, he didn't fall off. Most musicians fall off by their, like, third, fourth album, and he kept Dude, it Dude, I just listened to, uh, uh, I just listened to uh, Plant's new uh, album from last year. He's all, he's all, like, grizzled, and I'm like, oh, maybe he gets, like, deep and folky and, like, does, you know, kind of just creates his own little, you know. He's a legend. Hopefully he can just, you know, survive, and it's just like, this is ridiculous that he's even doing this. You're talking about Robert Plant? Yeah. Well, dude, even, yeah, 
He's I mean, it wasn't a bad album, but it's just like, dude, you're Robert Plant. Just let your legacy live. You know what I mean? What are you touring for? We're off of well, off of an album you know you don't believe in. Yeah, and he's not like li- listening to Zeppelin lyrics. Bum me out. I wish they just didn't have lyrics because all he sings about is fucking and Lord of the Rings. <laughs> like, that's all. And it, like his, it's he's so ridiculous. Like even like whole lot of love, where it's like a whole lot of love. I'm gonna give you all my love. I'm gonna give you every inch of my love. And it's like, all right, we get it. We get. <laughs> I'm gonna it. give and you then, my like, love all the way to the balls. Yeah, we're gonna keep going. Forty-five. I'm gonna pound you, my, my love. love. And same with like even the lemon song. And lemon is just a metaphor for his dick because the whole song is like, when you squeeze my lemon and the juice runs down my leg, it's like, all right, we get it, bro. You get laid and you like Lord of the Rings. No, but Jimmy shred. We've talked about that where it's people forget that like most cool people, like the people who have set all the trends are like celebrities, actors and musicians. You forget that all those people fucking sucked in high school. Sure. Like, yeah. very, very rarely they're actually, like, cool and interesting people. But it's like, no, the people who make, like, insane rock stars are people that had, like, a fucked up weird high school experience because they were into weird shit. Like, that video I sent you of, uh, who was it, um, Danzig, just, like, showing his book collection. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is a book about werewolves. It's all true stories, by the way. And you're like, dude, dude you're 50. <laughs> we get it. You're dark. Yeah, yeah exactly. Showing off his library. Well, also, just the idea. How exhausting would it be to be Danzig? Like, because you know he he's not allowed to go read the Da Vinci Code, or you know, like the. Yeah, new- if you spot him on the bus, he can't be reading like, uh, <laughs> you know, the hour in which I first believed. You're like, no, Wally Lamb is actually a pretty insightful narrative weaver, and you're like, dude, you're supposed to be reading like the Necronomicon right now. <laughs> Yeah, he can only read demonic books. Like, he can't just go grab, like, yeah, like the new, uh, like a new spy novel or something. I wonder if he has those, like, hidden under his bed. Like, he really likes Daniel Steele or something. But, because, yeah, his whole library has to be demonic. It must be exhausting. That's well, why if, even if, that. If he was reading Blood Meridian, he'd ha- like, even though it's like a fucking insanely dark book, he'd have to, like, tell everybody. It just, you know, this is like, it's a very serious, very dark book. Yeah, yeah. I, I I wouldn't normally read this stuff, but it's dark. He he puts fake covers on, like he's really reading Harry Potter, but it's like, but it's a Charles Manson book or something like that. It's no, it's the covers in Latin. He gets he learned Latin so he could read, uh, the girl with the dragon <laughs> tattoo in Latin, <laughs> just because it looks evil. Well, that's why that photo of Danzig that came out where he all he's doing is. Uh, leaving the grocery store with kitty litter and it just like, blew up <laughs> everywhere because it's so insane that Danzig would go to a store to buy something for a cute kitty. And that's one of the funniest memes I've ever seen because it just says, I got something to say. I fed my kitty today. And anyway, but yeah. All right. So what do you got? All right. I got a good one. Um, so this is was going to be a gloves off, but then you know, I saw the light. Um, Brant Walker, the mayor of Alton, Illinois, right? So people were just not staying in their homes for this quarantine we're dealing with. So he um, is my only quarantine subject. He issued, like, um, permission, I guess. I don't know what the right words are. He let the police, he told the police to uh, start cracking down on a lot of the, like, uh, no gatherings. So he issued this on like a Sunday and then or no on a Thursday he like passed this thing and then like officially like signed it and told the cops and like you know ran it down the ladder. So on the weekend the cops went out and they they cruised by this tavern in uh downtown. So let's let me see town of 26,000. So it's not a big place but um they're, they're cruising down the main block. They see a bar is still operating. Like the lights are on, but uh, no one's in clear view where they they're whereas people are normally out on the patio and stuff, so they're suspicious. They go check out the bar, big old gathering. Who's in the crowd but the mayor's wife? <laughs> <laughs> so she probably thinks she's protected. Oh man, but the oh, mayor's yeah, yeah. not there. No, the mayor's not there, just his wife. So she's so out partying on her this own. Is, this is one in the morning, and the police called him to be like, hey, dude, your wife's down here. We busted up the fucking tavern. 
and Sheila's down here getting crazy. So he it says, this is a quote from him. <clears throat> I instructed, this is why it's a hats off. I instructed the police chief to treat her as he would treat any citizen violating the stay at home order and to ensure that re- she received no special treatment. <laughs> so this what are the consequences? Yeah, I don't know. A fucking ticket. I don't know what's an actually enforceable. They just tell you to go home. Because um, all they can do, most people, is just like widen curfew. Um, so it's just, it's just hilarious. He's like, I t- don't go out. She's like, I'll do whatever the fuck I want. He's like, I'm the mayor. I'm just asking. I'm told everybody not to go out. You got to set an example. Like, please just stay in. And then, like, four hours later, he gets a call from the cops. Hey, we found your wife. And he's like, well, I mean, I told her not to go out. I fucking lock her up, I guess. Yeah, I she, admire that. They can't just kick you out, especially if you're at a bar. Like, they, they get a, what are they going to kick you out and then give you a drunk in public? Well, yeah, and, I mean, for his public image, he could have just been playing it smart because he knew that story would come out, and it's like, if he gave his wife special treatment, that'd be bad, bad news. Oh, yeah, that's why it's hats off, because he's like, yeah, because if if this was the mayor of, like, St. Louis or, like, uh, Chicago, you know what I mean? It would be, like, buried hard, and there's, like, an actual conspiracy around it. But then this one's just like, oh, I mean, fucking, what are you you guys going to do? Like, throw in the slammer? Yeah, drunk tanker ass. I don't care. She knew, I mean, I'm the mayor. I'm the one who gave the order. She knew not to go outside, dude. Yeah, yeah, one night in the drunk tank, not a big deal. Um, Yeah, that's a great move. Because it's like a, I don't know, they, you always hear stories like the mayor has like the son who's a fuck up and he always goes to jail. And some some of the yeah. people are like, let him sit in jail. And then some are just like, no, no, he's he gets a free pass, free ride. And oh, here, I, got, wife, I got deets. All right, what do you got? Um, it's a misdemeanor charge punishable up to 364 days in jail and or a fine of $2,500 to everyone nice. who's gathered in the bar. Oh, this is good. <laughs> Uh, the mayor s- said in a statement he was embarrassed by his wife's actions. My wife is an adult capable of making her own decisions. And in this instance, she exhibited a stunning lack of judgment. <laughs> she now faces the same consequences for her ill-advised decision as the other individuals who chose to violate the stay-at-home order during the incident. I am embarrassed by this incident, and I apologize to the citizens of Alton for any <laughs> embarrassment this incident has caused our city. Nice. I do. I like how he reminded us that his wife's a grown-up. Well, I would hope so. My wife is a grown Listen, woman. Guys, she is. She's 13. She's got her peer period. So <laughs> tribal law. She's a lady. No, it's just hilarious. Even in the statement, like, this is after she's already, like, been given the ticket, and then she could come home, and then he has to, like, draft this the next morning while she's waking up hungover. He's like, <laughs> right. right in front. He's typing, like, super loudly next to her head. <laughs> He's in... A speech to text. He's like, uh, my wife is an adult capable of making her own decisions, comma. And in this instance, she exhibited stunning lack of judgment, comma. <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right. Yeah, so that's that story. All right, I got a, I guess, I got a corona-related, uh, it's got to be a hats off. No, what you Hats got? off to you, sir. It could go either way, but this is, I mean, this is one of the stories. I know there are probably multiples of these, but it's someone uh, with a big mouth who it backfired this. I'm only, I'm only going to give her first name because it's perfect. The lady's name is Karen. As I'm sure all the fans know what a Karen is. It's uh, Dane Cook started it. I don't think he gets any credit, but it's like that. Let me see your manager lady has a, has a specific haircut. Uh, she lives in yeah. Texas. She claimed that... The COVID virus is a media hoax. She died two years after, two weeks after mocking it on social media. She said more people have died in cross-stitching accidents than coronavirus. It's controlled by radical people in powerful places. Uh, she says she's a Trump supporter who thought the pandemic was overblown and politicized in an effort to hurt Trump's re-election's chances. And she says, if you think for a second this air quote pandemic is not a media-driven hoax controlled by radical people in powerful places, well, go back to sleep under the rock you crawled out of. Wake up. This is what the beginning beginning of socialism looks like. And uh, she said they crashed the stock market to run a failing economy because that's all they have left. You don't need hand sanitizer. You don't need Lysol. You need common sense, a sense of direction, faith, a will to fight, and, of course, guns. 
she died. And um, another, I mean, well, I agree with her on all fronts. I mean, I think she's totally right. And if if you're going to be these, what is this? How does she put it? They these uh, radicals in powerful positions. Yep. What you have to do is you just find like six or seven of these people like her, and you just kill them. So you'd be like, see, look, look what happens when you don't take it seriously. I'm saying if I'm running the conspiracy. Gotcha. Okay, I gotcha. So yeah, make okay. So make them uh kind of eat crow, or at least the family, because she's dead. Yeah, yeah. So like, it's like CIA had a heart attack gun in the '60s. They shoot you. It looks like a bug bite, and then it gives you a heart attack ten minutes later. Yeah, they admitted so they had that shit. When she's at, when she's like at Starbucks getting her coffee, have a infiltrator dresses an employee, stab her in the leg real quick with one of those cool canes with a hypodermic needle on the end. Yeah, and, uh, precisely. Make her go bye bye. Yeah, easy stuff. Easy peasy. Here's something that really bothers me when people say this. Uh, this is her obituary, and someone wrote, uh, with deep sadness and broken hearts, we share with you that Karen, a loving wife, mother, daughter, sister, and friend, went away to be with our Lord. That daughter-sister thing is infuriating. Everyone is someone's daughter. Yeah. Every single person on the planet Earth is a daughter. Almost all people are sisters. Why, why don't they leave that out of the, out of the obituary? I mean, said also she's a friend to all, and I'm thinking she was not a friend to all. I doubt she liked the homosexuals. Yeah, I kind of I dig funerals in my family because I mean you don't shit talk them, but you're at least like real about it. You know what I mean? Where people are like, "Hey, hey, she was crazy, right?" You know, when my mom's sister died, she was like a meth head for like you know thirty years. No, I'd say I don't know twenty, twenty years. So, like, she was the one who'd, like, come over at 2 in the morning and just, like, tighten every screw in our house. So when she died in her, like, mid-50s, everybody was like, I mean, we're going to miss her. And, this like, everybody was giving, like, a eulogy. I was like, oh, well, we're going to miss her. And obviously, and then they just tell a crazy story. Hey, remember when she did this? Because <laughs> it's not like, oh, just paint her as, like, this perfect person. It's like, hey, let's, let's remember the batshit crazy lady she was. Oh yeah, for sure. I like. But everybody's always just like she was. She was. Uh, she was beloved. I mean, she always had the right thing to say. Uh, she, you know, she'd light up a room. Yeah, exactly. It's like she'd light up a room because she came in to a formal dining event wearing a beanie that said "Don't ask me for shit." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> Remember one time we're humongous and we're at a yeah. She'd light I, up a room. I was telling her kids at her funeral, I was like, dude, I hated your mom for like a year because we had to do my grandpa's like 75th birthday party at the country club. And we, we all had to like, my mom set up like to get photos taken out front since we were all going to be dressed up. So I had to wear my fucking, my goddamn penguin suit. And I'm like, oh, get me out of this. I was all in, I was like, I just want to put on my skinny jeans, mom. Or fucking, I want to fucking rock and roll, dude. And, and they're wearing like, like just- Fort Lauderdale Harley Davidson tank tops and stuff. No, yeah, so we're all taking photos on, like, these big rocks in front of the entrance of the country club, and I'm wearing, like, a, a sweater vest over, like, a button-up with a tie on, and she's like, everybody's dressed up. It's a, it's a classy event. Like, we'll have a barbecue for, like, the next birthday, like, trying to, like, talk me off the ledge, and I'm like, I'll fuck it all. I don't give a shit. And she's like, everybody's dressed nice, and at that moment, my Aunt Elizabeth rolled up on a Harley, <laughs> <laughs> literally just, like, scooted herself off the back tapped the guy on the back twice, and he just took off. She just got a ride from a guy with a Harley. <laughs> so you got to tell that story at the funeral. But it, which, yeah, it, which, I, but it's not like she was, like, it's when people die, the family would go like, she was so spontaneous, you know? She was a free spirit. It's like, no, she, she's a drug addict who hitchhiked on Harleys. Yeah, I like when they just, yeah, they try to use kinder words for it. Yeah, he was a rolling stone. Yeah, that meant uh, he, let, he abandoned his children at a very young age. <laughs> he had a second family. <laughs> yeah, I gave us, when I spoke at my grandpa's funeral, I, I did that where I kept it very real. And then I, you know, added some complimentary things. But like my opening line was, I just went up and just said, my grandpa was an asshole. <laughs> and then I let it sit for a while because I, like everyone... Everyone knew that he was kind of a piece of shit, but they had everyone was just staring, like holding their breasts, thinking I was just going to go on this whole rant, you know, about how I hate him. Yeah. And then I just, I just threw in a joke after that, and like, but, uh, 
Yeah, dude. You got to keep it real with funerals. Like, I've been to so Like, I went to my one of my fuck My friend Casey died of a heroin overdose. And his funeral was, like, in a Catholic church. And it was so phony and so fake. Because it's like, I love the guy, but he was a fucking dirtbag, you know? Yeah, yeah. And my and friend Steven I, in high school hung himself on a tire swing. He untied the tire. And then tied himself up. But uh, he found God, like, six weeks prior. So he like he was like one of us. Like I remember, hey, in summer school when we were reading Watership Down, I'm like enthralled in this book. We're like halfway through. It's summer school. I'm like, oh, this is actually interesting. And the, Mr. Wiggum, he was the freshman baseball coach. He was actually like cool and like excited about it. And then Stephen taps me on the shoulder and just opens an Altoid can and he just had like a little one hitter pipe and a bunch of weed. <laughs> he like he liked riding dirt bikes and shit. And then at his funeral, because he had found God like six weeks earlier, you know. Halfway through his senior year, the like the pastor just made the whole thing about converting everybody that came to his funeral. And we're like, dude, this is not why we're here. Half of this like crowd in this uh, church is wearing Alpine stars. You need to just like let family members speak. But they like, always throw that bogus shit in. Yeah, it's like stop trying to convert people. Nobody here is going to come back to this church ever unless it's ever, for another yeah. funeral. Yeah. That same church, I, I've been to three funerals there, all friends who died from <laughs> And I remember but at my at my buddy Casey's, the, the priest was saying that um, how Casey had become closer to God in the past few months. It's like, no, he hadn't. He was uh, he was living at my friend Aaron's mom's house, banging her and his daughter, trying to have a free place to stay so he could keep doing heroin. And I remember after the funeral, too, I went out with, like, a bunch of our friends and... Uh, I was talking about like how much of a piece of shit Casey was. We're all sharing like all these gnarly stories. And then like two of the guys were all drunk and like wanted to fight me over it. And it's like, no, I love the guy, but let's, let's, you know, yeah, let's yeah. be real here. He was a, he was a bad boy. <laughs> he was, uh, yeah, he was shooting that medicine in his veins. And the last thing about this story is, uh, someone wrote some, one of the reporters who was covering this, uh, sad story wrote, for skeptics who asked for proof that this isn't a hoax. So people thought her dying was a hoax, kind of like what you were saying. She goes, I get it. It's too on the nose that a Trump supporter named Karen died from the liberal hoax she dismissed on Facebook days earlier. And then someone wrote in the comment, not anyone of, you know, merit or a reporter, but he just wrote, wow, from hoax to ghost, life really comes at you fast. <laughs> If you don't stop and look around every once in a while, you might miss it. Thanks for the rock-solid reporting. And then this story reminded me of what Roseanne's been talking about, how she's saying that it's a... Because she's liberal, so she's saying it's just... It's not really political. It's just to kill baby boomers, period. Did you see I mean, that? yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, if it, it makes sense, because if you off everybody over 60, you're losing the entire retirement crowd. You don't have to worry about Social Security. Uh, the, I mean, you'd if you're on the left, you'd much rather prefer younger people voting because they haven't lived a life yet and switch sides. Yeah, is Roseanne on the left, or is she is she one of the rare famous conservatives? She, no, she's like a, she's a comic. I think like most uh, comedians are are very like socially liberal, regardless of like their political views. You know what I mean? You don't really give a shit. Yeah, there are the few exceptions like Tim Allen. But uh, ro what I like about Roseanne dropping it, she dropped it all on Norm's podcast, which was just Norm literally on the phone with her on speakerphone. So it's just Norm <laughs> like on a home phone sitting on his couch and she's ranting about it. But I mean, Roseanne just kind of lost her mind, which is sad because she was a good comic and her sitcom was amazing. And. <laughs> The she went on tour she... with Dice. It's so funny to me. <laughs> Go see her and Dice. It's just her, like, just like a, an Dice old lady time, with dementia. Right? Or, oh, no, it's now. No, this now. is like, yeah, this is last year, like last summer. Oh, shit. Her and That's Dice went on a tour. Show. No, it's probably a great show, like in context, if you're a comic and a fan of them. But if you're like just like a person who like remembers the 90s, that's why you went. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, what the fuck is happening? Yeah, because they're both way past their prime. And it's just... She's on the doorstep I mean, of dementia and Dice is doing the same jokes. 
<laughs> yeah, but it's sadder because he's like old and bald and he's still wearing the fingerless gloves, but he's got that weird like a uh, he he has that vest thing that's like a detective's like uh, shoulder holsters, but oh, it's just like that. but they're just purses, like they're little fanny packs, but he just wears it like a detective. Cool. <laughs> cool, dude. <laughs> It, it is wild that Roseanne got kicked off her own show called Roseanne. And that, I mean, that sent her off the deep end. She's, I think she's suing ABC right now for that. And that um, show yeah. continued and it's still on the air, right? And it's a hit. Yeah, but I think it premiered to like 15 million, which they hadn't seen in a uh, pilot or not a pilot, but a premiere show since like 1998 or something like that. Yeah. And then, sense. yeah. And then, uh, I think it dropped down to like 8 million regular viewers for the whole season. And then when they kicked her off, it's now down to like, you know, the same numbers as every decently successful fucking Hulu show. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's found its market, but no one's watching the Connors, dude. Well, enough where it's still on the air. No, it's one of those things. I would, I would imagine it's one of those things where the studio's like, all right, we made a huge point. We have to just eat a season of this. So like maybe, even if maybe, if yeah. like seventeen people are watching it, they're like we died on that hill. We gotta just eat the cost on a season and a half. Yeah, I'm and just, then we'll, I wonder, and then we'll I'm give like, fucking uh, Darlene Corona. <laughs> I wonder how much John Goodman got paid because I'm surprised that he's still on the show because he's the only one who like be, continued to be super super successful. Like I know. Darlene and whatever the son's name is, and they're all they just need the money because they have isn't the son a uh, Galecki? What's Galecki? Isn't the kid from um, uh, Christmas Vacation Big Bang Theory? Is that the same oh, kid? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, maybe he doesn't need money then. Is yeah, I think he's the, the uh, no, but I think he was on when he was a kid. Like, he, he's so successful they couldn't even get him back. Yeah, because I think they made like over a million an episode. Yeah, because Big Bang was, I mean, that's like the number one sitcom, period. It's like what Seinfeld used to do, Um, which is crazy because I tried watching that show and that is uh, that is horrific. And you know what pisses me off about the couple episodes I've seen? One of the mm -hmm. nerdy guys has like a like a hot girlfriend and the whole thing is like, oh, she's so out of your league. How are you dating her? Blah, blah, blah. And it's like. Uh, he's a genius who makes a whole bunch of money uh, with some sort of genius job, and she's just like a neurotic, semi-cute girl who doesn't actually have a job on the show. And yeah, that's how it works. At, who's at a who's league here? That's <laughs> uh, yeah, no, her, but her voice is high-pitched. So that's, you know, she's got to have some type of uh, redeeming quality. Dude, your pen is the worst. Oh, shit, my bad. Dude, it's the worst. It sounds, it sounds like a cat walking on a shuffleboard table. Huh. I guess it must sound weird through the through all this technology because it just sounds like like beautiful harp to me. <laughs> because what comes out of that pen, that ink, gold, genius juice. Words all right, for thanks. God. Appreciate it, Slim Shady. Um uh all right, so RIP to that lady. <laughs> Um, all right, let me go. Where are we at? Like 50 minutes? Yeah. Probably one did, more. Did you guys, yeah. Did you guys watch that video I sent you? No. No, I sent it to the text group. Uh, We're the worst. You're the worst. I wrote for context. For the pod. You sons of bitches. Whoopsie. It's not necessary, but, um, so it's a, it's a crazy story. So, in um, one of our uh, our travels, we've been through this place, Las Cruces, New Mexico. Yeah, yeah, that's terrible, Jeremy. Don't do that. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, so this lady's just hanging out. Uh, I guess she got off the bus, right? And she she got off the bus at a gas station or uh, like a plaza with like a liquor store and uh, restaurants and stuff. Um, and she calls an Uber to get like a more direct where she's going. She's got um, her kids. I think it's like a a nine, a two, and one year old. 
and they're just waiting for they get off the bus they're waiting for an uber just on the street where this is when a guy comes up and grabs her two-year-old and demanded the women turn over her other children so this is just an on-the-street child robbery <laughs> this is looking so he tries to grab the two-year-old and then um she somehow gets her kid back in a scuffle and he's just throwing haymakers on people and there's like four ladies trying to help and he's just fucking cleaning their clocks he's like oh i'm sorry is your timepiece dirty just cleaning clocks left and right like an old fucking watchmaker. And then this guy, um, the lady drags her kids into the restaurant. It looks like a subway, maybe. And uh, people are like, like, like men and women are just like trying to stand in the doorway, like because he got the door open. Now they're just standing there trying to like just be in his way so he can't get back to the kids because this guy's just adamant about having this lady's children. <laughs> so. He, uh, and they don't know just, each other, right? It's no, not he's like so. A, no, I don't think so. Deadbeat dad trying to get him back out of spider. It does anything. not look like that. So even at one point, this lady is like blocking the door, and she's kind of like hunched over with her hand over her head, and he's just standing behind her, just giving her kidney shot after head shot after kidney shot, and she eventually just gets out of the way. Some dude like comes up and he's like, "Hey, I can't stand for this," and starts throwing his hands with the guy. But after like two punches this guy clearly knows what he's doing and he just two pieces this guy up and the, uh, the child thief beat the guy no 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 the, this guy uh, this guy tries to intervene with the child thief and the child thief is just a much better fighter so the guy's Got doing it. that thing where he's just trying to keep him at arm's length but keeps getting punched in the face like trying yeah. to turn away <laughs> and then um uh, and then apparently at the across the street at the same time was uh let's see Kanan Kanan Bauer. He's just across the street getting gas. He sees a commotion across the street. So he uh, goes over there and he happens to be a 285 uh, District 35A wrestling champion. Nice. This guy's a high school senior who's a 285 pound champion. <laughs> so he's like, That's let me huge. just. And you said his yeah, that is Bauer. that is that is, mad. is my uh, my mom's maiden name, my grandpa's name, and my grandpa was a wrestling champion. He was a beast of a man. So maybe yeah, Bauer has, is just strong, strong German. You got genes. good stock. Yeah, it's it means um, the fighter of child stealers in uh, Swedish. So this guy just so the whole video is like two and a half minutes. It ends like the last 14 seconds is him just casually walking into the place like, no, no, I got this. And, and then you kind of see it. Um, he just throws the guy into frame like he they have that like the camera that's just over the door. So it just sees people coming in. Yeah. And the, oh, yeah. the, the commotion moves further into the store. And then the, you just see the, the wrestler just like kind of casually walk in and then he just kind of picks up his pace a little. And then two seconds later, the guy just gets thrown into frame. And then he's just, <laughs> and he's just sitting on top of him. And then these other ladies just come in and like help. And he's like, no, I got this. I just kind of like casually whipping away. He's like, no, I'm holding this gun back down. And then when the cops, they just cuts to when the cops show up and he's just sitting on top of the guy. He's like, oh, you thought you're going to be a tough guy? Thought you're going to be a tough guy? And he just fucked this guy up. Those so videos are, I love that out of frame style where it's just like, Oh, it's just a shot of a parking lot of a grocery store, and then just insanity happens. That's that's great, dude. I have a uh, the guy's I, the guy's dad. He's like uh, when they asked him for comment, and his quote is just apparently he body slammed the guy. <laughs> <laughs> Simple to the point. Yeah, he's. Uh, well, he said he's. Uh, he was fearful for his son when his son was telling him the story because you don't know if these guys have you know a gun or a knife or what they're capable of. However, I was confident he would do the right thing and he would succeed. <laughs> so it's just also just like a wrestling dad who's like, yeah, I mean, talk shit, get hit. That's what happens. That's the real world, kid. Yeah, I trained him right. My son ain't going to start <laughs> fights, but he's going to finish him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so... Uh, that gave me tons of giggles. Go watch that video. I'll see if I can find it so I can repost on Insta. Dude, I'm, oh, I'm definitely going to watch it. I wish I had, I wish I could have a copy of it, but like what you're talking about, those scenes where someone just gets thrown into the shot. I have a, uh, the security guard who worked at like the 
center of my bar. He used to show me videos and he has a great one of a, uh, it's just a shot of like the outside of one of those Halloween stores that are only in business one month a year. Yeah. And <clears throat> all of a sudden a homeless guy runs out of the store with one of those, with like a, uh, with like one of the Grim Reaper sticks with the hook. What's it? A scythe? A scythe? Scythe. He has a scythe. And then the security guard just, he's attacking the security guard and he just decks him in two punches. It's fucking crazy. <laughs> um, you ever seen the one in New York? I think it's New York where the guy, um, it's like three in the morning and he's just carrying a microwave. And no, he goes, not seen that. He just starts giving the bouncer trouble. He's just clearly hammered and he found a microwave somewhere and he's carrying the microwave and he gives the bouncer shit. And then bouncer clearly just like, yeah, do whatever you want, pal. So he goes to throw the microwave at the guy. And as soon as like it leaves his hand, the bouncer just very casually, like not even like athletic move. He just like like crouching tiger just moves out of the way of the microwave and then just comes back with a left and just drills the guy in the face. He's like, <laughs> you think the guy with a like wielding a microwave would at least get a hit off? <laughs> he just got nowhere. Just nothing. Yeah, because I mean, microwaves are heavier than they appear. That'd be hard to throw. Yeah. All right, what do you got? Last one. I got a, I got a hats off. It's kind of similar to yours. And Hats off to I you, like, sir. I like this one because when I read it, I thought for sure it's got to be Florida. It's got to be Florida. And then it got me, once I read where it was, I realized that people always sleep on Oregon because they think of like oh, yeah. Portland at a being a cool hit place but once you get to nope. those small towns in oregon it is full of the craziest most white trash hillbilly fucking logging weirdos around dude i'll send you some pictures of the town i lived in in oregon coos bay it was a logging town i remember See, rolling logging, in yeah. i remember rolling in because uh, we went and like looked at the school i was gonna go to and then like find an apartment and all that like a month prior and it was like the sun was out not many people were out, but it looked like the town from um, like uh, Goonies. You know what I mean? Everything's up on hills, and it's kind of neat. It's all the pine trees and everything. And then when we came back, it was just completely different. It was just like um, out of the <laughs> furnace, just overcast and like heroin addicts on the street. Um, it's also it was on the one. So literally, I was out on my lunch break at work one time, and this guy was just walking. He goes, "Which way is California?" And I was like, <laughs> "Keep going, dude." Um, you're, you're headed south. I don't know what to tell you, but, um, we rolled into town and th th there was just, um, logs filling the whole river. And there was just a guy standing on the logs with like a 200 foot pole, just guiding the logs. And I was like, Oh, that's oh awesome. shit. This I'm like, yeah, but this is going to be an entirely different experience. than I went up here for, yeah. Cause what you think of Oregon, Oregon just doesn't get the credit for being a weird, like a weird ass state. It's weird in the whole, like we're kooky over in Portland, you know? We're weird, but it's like no, well, there's scary, scary weird in Oregon, and it's like how I, upstate New York has scarier rednecks than like Virginia. Yeah, you just you just wouldn't think so, but yeah, they're just weird and isolated, and I don't know what it is, but so they definitely so, still have the clan in Oregon. So this uh, Oregon man faces criminal charges uh, after lighting four U-Hauls on fire at five forty-five <laughs> at five forty-five in the morning on a Sunday morning in Eugene. And so what happened is this guy, Dylan, got into a fight with a woman. And so in response to him, he pulled out a mortar firework from inside his car and threw it at the woman. So A mortar? A mortar, like what we bought in New Mexico. You know the ones that shoot in the air? Yeah, and like they shoot up mini. and then explode? Yeah, it's like a mini. It looks like a real firework, but mini. So this oh, guy Jesus Christ. is at 5.45 in the morning, and he gets in a fight with this poor woman. And the fact that he just has a mortar handy is insane. And so he threw the mortar at him. The story gets even more trashy. And the blast that sparks th through the whole U-Haul parking lot. Some of the burning enders, embers landed near a bank of trucks, completely set it on fire. But what they didn't know is that on the other side of the U-Haul, there was also a man siphoning gas from one of the U-Hauls. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> so the trucks burst into flames, and then so did the guy siphoning the gas, who was seen fleeing the scene with his pants and shirt on fire running. Yeah, no shit. This is a chain reaction of fuckery. 
<laughs> what are the odds of getting into a fight, first of all, with someone of the opposite sex who you don't know at 545 in the morning? Pretty slim. Well, then, recently, probably high. Then, what are the odds of someone having a fucking mortar already in his car? I wonder what else he had. And then you miss the woman and you happen to hit this one truck in the entire U-Haul parking lot that has a guy siphoning gas at 5.40 in the morning. And so yeah, they, mean, track, they track the All these down. things come together. I, it makes sense, you know? Like, like all, I have fireworks. I know where u Haul's at. But life's about decisions, you know? And the path you lead leading you somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so he got busted. He got sent. On, he got arrested for secondary criminal mischief, reckless, reckless burning. Which I love that reckless burning is an actual, <laughs> reckless, an burning. actual crime in the books. And the suspected gas siphoner remains at large. And I say, uh, Eugene police, let the gas siphoner go. He already got burned up. And the fact that he escaped while on fire is pretty sick. Yeah, he learned his lesson. Yeah, and. Uh, yeah, so that's my last one. I do have a quick, for all you bored quarantiners out there, one thing you should know, HBO is has a bunch of free shit where they're like giving all their classics out for free. You don't need to, you don't need a login. You can get like Silicon Valley, Sopranos, The Wire, all the classics for free. But uh, there's this show on HBO that lasted three seasons, but never really blew up. And I never heard anyone talking about it, but it's called Getting On. And it's it stars the lady who's the voice of uh, the mom and family guy. Alex Borstein. Yeah, Alex Borstein. Also, I don't know her name either, but the black lady from Reno 911 and um, the sister from Roseanne. Rainisha something. So it's those three people. The show takes place. They're nurses at a like an elderly care ward in a hospital in Long Beach. And it's one of those shows that is unbelievably funny, but then also beautiful and sad at the same time. Wait, uh, that's the chick from, oh yeah, it is. It's uh, what's her name? From Roseanne. Yeah. The, the sister and that dude, she Roseanne lady is so funny in the show. And it's just one of those weird shows where it's super dirty and gross and nasty because they're dealing with all these fucked up old people about to die. But it has a lot of heart. It's truly, truly funny. And there are only three seasons of like, I think, eight episodes per season. And they're only 30 minutes each. So you can knock it out real quick. But uh, that's that cool. I'll check that out. Surprisingly beautiful. And and it's just, dude, it's fucking funny as hell. And like, as far as like new characters per episode, they just have some new crazy old person show up to the hospital. So they get buck wild. But uh, it's a very well-written, creative show, and I was super surprised by it. That's what I realized watching, I was watching Scrubs recently, and I was like, how brilliant is that show where it's like, like normally you, like, you get like an ensemble show, so like Friends or like Shameless is a better example, where you establish all these characters as mildly different, so you can in just introduce anything through the filter of one of them. You know what I mean? You're like, oh, we want to put this storyline. Who would do that out of our 10 characters, 12 characters? Yeah. It's just brilliant. But like Scrubs is brilliant in that it's like, oh, it's a hospital. So if you need any type of catalyst, you're like, oh, this guy got admitted to the hospital and he's kooky. Or this lady's yeah. rude. You know, you the, can literally just introduce anything. Yeah, exactly. It's so beautiful. Hospital shows. And they can be like there when as long comedies. as you want. It could be uh, one night and they decide to leave. You know, this, they get better and leave. Or you could have them there mm -hmm. for nine episodes because they're super sick and that's how the show is except it's just so funny because they all have to be super old so there are all these super old actors who are like finally getting good juicy parts um yeah and there's one lady in particular who is like so unexpectedly funny that she keeps like they just keep readmitting her into the hospital where like she's gone for six episodes and then she just shows up again because you know they're like we just we just need some levity we need some but that sh the show makes me laugh so fucking hard. Um, yeah. Um, all right, I'm gonna check it out. Getting on. And then I'm and then I'm gonna be checking out its counterpart show in the bathroom when I take a shower later. It's called Getting Off. 
Oh, you do that in the bathroom. All right. That's a little insight for you guys. Now we know how Mitchell's brain operates. For the fans. For well, the I, fans, yeah. I have a mental thing. I, I, I've got 11 siblings and tons of cousins, so the bathroom was my only privacy growing up. It makes you feel safe when you're in there? That, yeah, that it, it does. It does. I'm, and I'm not going to fight it. I like having a safe place. Yeah, why not? Hey, it's I'll take 30-minute dumps. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Just do All right, that's it for halftime. Time. Um, escape. All right, um, let's let's roll the outro music and let's uh, stick around and talk for a second. Bye, everybody. I love you. Bye.